Close and you're listening to Women with Ambition. My guest tonight is another ambitious and accomplished scholar in America, Dr. Aisha Ray. She is an associate professor at Department of Political Science, King's College, Pennsylvania. She's an author of several publications. Her book, The Soldier and the State in India, Nuclear Weapons, Counterinsurgency, and the Transformation of Indian Civil-Military Relations, was widely covered in the Indian press. Dr. Ray, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm excited to talk to you because I think some people are passionate about their profession. Then we also have many who are concerned citizens. And I love to interview those people. I love to talk to them. I love to learn from them. Um, before I jump into our serious thoughts, just help us share um, about your journey. Just tell us who is Aisha Ray? Uh, where were you born? What are your childhood memories? All right. So that's a lot, Sanya. But first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show and on the podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, deeply honored uh, to be here and, and to speak to you. Um, so, you know, I grew up in India. Uh, I'm from Calcutta and uh, that's my hometown. And uh, I come from a military family. Uh, my father was uh, in the mechanized infantry. His older brother was in the mechanized infantry. And so when I was growing up, I was very much interested in questions of war and peace and conflict because of sort of the personal proximity, you know, to, to the subject in many ways. Right. And that fostered an interest in kind of uh, learning about it and studying about it uh, more uh, as, as, I, as I went along, you know, in life. And so after high school, I decided, of course, to, you know, uh, graduate in political science, do my BA in political science uh, as just the start uh, of my interest in political science. And that was uh, at St. Xavier's College, Calcutta. And after that, I went to JNU, uh, Jawaharlal Nehru University in Delhi, where I was able to kind of, you know, find that niche that I was looking for in, in the subject and the expertise, uh, at least the beginning of the expertise that I was looking for. Uh, so I was at the School of International Studies at JNU, and they have like a fantastic group of faculty members, um, and many of them, you know, were specialists on issues of war and, and peace and conflict. And so that's where I got my MPhil uh, in disarmament studies uh, and uh, from the Center of International Politics there. And then finally, uh, I made my way, I think, at the age of 24 uh, to the United States to pursue a PhD. Uh, yeah. Again, in, in, in political science with a focus in international relations and conflict and security. And, and I got my PhD from the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, and I graduated in 2008. Awesome. So, Aisha, you have a you know, very interesting 
background because you grew up in a military family you mm-hmm. know the pains of you know um sacrifices because you know your, right. your father was in the military so some of your family mm-hmm. friends you have had the experience of how war and peace directly affect families um mm-hmm. how was it in 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 your family like were you um uh how did you grow up as a bold personality as a as a young girl passionate about it was what was your inspiration was it from your coming home <laughs> or um do you did you read a lot or like help us understand the environment well you know when i was growing up well i was i was i think not as outspoken as i am today right. <laughs> um but uh my parents uh gave me a lot of exposure and and a lot of exposure to opportunities uh so you know one of the things was it, when you were uh, the the daughter or son of someone in the military you know you're often separated from your father or mother if they're you know out there in the field and and so i would spend my time with my mom at home and my father would be on exercises and all of that and so that separation kind of was hard but we used it constructively mm-hmm. and i have to give kudos to my mother who was very encouraging in in terms of you know sort of uh getting me to just read books and and develop an interest in in other extracurricular activities and and you know she would push me to uh as i grew older she would push me to interschool debates and 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 put me into like different competitions and all of that and so i i think she was very much focused in terms of you know my my kind of um professional growth or rather maybe even actually personal growth probably mm. uh and my father was a very resilient uh or is a resilient man uh even now uh and and i think the combination of both of that uh really really helped me because my parents have always been uh very supportive of me and i think i think i'm i'm very grateful to have had that in my life absolutely okay so i'm also um so uh, my family background is is strikingly different in that way that none of um i think in my family has been in the military i'm totally from a civilian mm-hmm. background it was very different for me to actually pick that field um and i think my inspiration was um coming after a lot of changes that i saw after 911 and pakistan falling into the abyss of terrorism right sure things were so yep. i was yeah i was in the generation that grew up in the post journal zia time you know um mm. and we mm-hmm. my parents saw a different pakistan and they envisioned different um di- different um perspective of life uh, that they actually went through and when we were growing up pakistan was a very different country mm-hmm. um and those things actually impacted us um and as a post 911 generation there were things that were bothering us as as a young student growing up like what is happening around us there are all kinds of bomb blast happening i remember one time right. at university we were not sure because the universities were getting attacked that either we should go or we don't know we are coming back home safe and that's i'm talking about islamabad uh so oh, wow. it was um yeah they that was a very scary there's time there's a different transition when you come to the united states right because in the post 911 environment yes there was also you know that that intense kind of islamophobia that yeah. that emerged and and, and exactly. to kind of bridge those two worlds can be very hard right and it's 12 o'clock i feel that um th- these environments affect us 
very differently uh, while mm-hmm. we were growing up because my siblings are different from me the way I am. I feel passionate about issues. I'm more uh-huh. also vocal about them, but I, um, uh-huh. I have that timid and shyness to express many things. And that's definitely coming from a culture where I'm grow- I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to understand like your perspective about feminism. And I've seen you very active on Twitter. Um, <laughs> on, um, I'm surprised you're still following me. <laughs> I did. I'm actually a very uh, passive follower on Twitter because somehow Twitter's <laughs> format is not something that has impressed me a lot. Uh, I'm I not know. a good person. There are few people who are very good in Twitter, and um, mm-hmm. I tend to follow the tweets of people that I really want to follow. And, and that's how your profile mm-hmm. actually got my attention. So you have a voice that, okay. you that people are listening. Um, first of all, how do you actually uh-huh. define feminism? Uh, it's, it's a very lucid and, and very broad concept. I think it's changing so fast in America also. So what is your understanding of feminism? I think that's a great question, also a very tough question to answer. But, you know, obviously at the very, you know, academic level, it would be equality and and women smashing the patriarchy and all of that. Uh, But I think women need to kind of step out a little bit more out of those zones and and, uh, be bolder, you know. And and I think this sort of is something that I learned growing up because I grew up again in India where, Mm -hmm. you know, I was... Uh, like I said, I wasn't as outspoken until maybe I was, you know, maybe in JNU. And JNU is a very politically active campus, I think, you know, and, and gives a voice to students. Uh, 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 it is really representative of students and in the population. And, right. and so I, I think I started getting my voice there. But when I was growing up there and even my experiences there, I, I you know, I noticed from, from sort of the conservative friends or even acquaintances, I was kind of a misfit because I, I always sort of had an opinion. Maybe I was too opinionated, right? I mean, that's one thing that women who have, uh, you know, have, have, have something to say are always told, oh, she's too opinionated yeah. or uh, all of that. And, and I, that was really an- annoying to me, yeah. you know, and, and, and like it was it was a position, any position. And, 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 you know, they would think that I was, I was being opinionated or I was being, you know, I, I got this, uh, incidentally, when you, uh, this, this for the podcast, it's such a fascinating uh, topic, women with ambition. I was considered ambitious only yeah. because I was doing my work. You know, yeah. I was just focused on studying and doing well and going abroad for a PhD. And that was considered by some people as being ambitious. Um, you know, and, and so, uh, from then on, I kind of started, I think I noticed <laughs> myself changing a little bit hmm. uh, personally in that, you know, in that in that journey on, on that road to personal growth. And then uh, UT was a fantastic university and I made great friends and all of that. But but I kind of stayed away from, you know, uh, judgments about yeah. women, you know, because it's very quick to judge a woman, very yeah. quick. Uh, even the best women, the worst women, right? And yeah. this is something I've noticed that, at, and I think I was listening, um, I was listening to your very first segment today about your introduction, and I was fascinated by your story as well. And one thing that struck me is that women can, you know, really break other women down. Yeah. And and and, and I think that's one thing that feminism needs to look at more closely. It's not just you know 
that that you 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 know you challenge the men or or you you fight patriarchy and, and you fight you know sort of uh, patriarchal men or miso- misogynists. But yeah. but there are women who are very quick to tear down other women and 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 you know I've I've I'm sort of averse to that. I I find that uh, I I try not to get into that because it's 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 you know, it's it's um, it's really demoralizing, I think, for me personally, because I, I I can I can see why that can be really troubling for women who face it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's that's the thing that you know, feminism uh, is has to be more um, embracing of I think differences even within or and between women, first of yeah. all, as well. <laughs> um, so I... that's that's my personal take. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, it's it's just a journey of evolution, I think. Um, coming from Pakistan, I face that stigma a lot. Um, you know, exactly as you said, that's why I kept that. You know, I want to embrace that ambition. Why woman with ambition is taken so uh negative right. in a in a way of like a aspiration yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. something that you're um really isolating yourself in the community by saying oh she's very ambitious there's i received that a lot in my country and um to an extent i, I said okay well i'm going to embrace that now i am ambitious yeah. because i want to work i have dreams and mm-hmm. if people don't have dreams it's your choice let it be mm-hmm. but don't tell me that i should not have my dreams you know and um, right, I right. think that over the years that this feminism is a very slippery slope to talk about it because mm-hmm. um, women are very cutthroat in mm-hmm. expressing that not only their opinion is important, but that they downgrade others' opinion. And that's right. And then it can quickly become a competition. Right. You know? And. That and it is, shouldn't become a competition that that one feminist is uh, is view is somehow uh, you know superior to someone else's and I, I don't know like it quickly exactly. can turn into that yeah exactly you jump out of yeah. one club and you immediately start uh, talking about okay so where is that freedom uh, of expression that we were talking about where did right. that go exactly. you know? and I think that's where a little bit of listening and patience comes in and I'm I'm, I'm Talking again only bit about women, you know. Yeah. Uh, with the men, of course, you know. Like, I mean, I see it, of course, on social media all the time, and and uh, I'm I'm much more aggressive with, uh, you know, the the misogynists on there because because of the kind of work I do. Yeah. You know, I often get death threats, or they're they're just very vile out there. And and uh, given all my experiences, I realize that I'm not going to cow down after a while, you know, because. A lot of people will say, well, ignore it. Yeah. Why, you know, why are you even uh, getting into it? But no, you know, once you ignore it, they they, they get emboldened and, yes. and they keep doing it over and over again and they'll do it with other women. And so mm-hmm. I've decided that if I were to speak, I would speak and, and, and yeah, some of them get scared and, and, and that's the end of it, you know, that, and it's unfortunate that one has to do that. Yeah. But if you give in too much, I've noticed as well, people really take you for a ride. Yeah. Uh, and 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 uh, it's it's um, yeah we live in a we live in a very strange world I have to say so. yes and this world is changing so fast that is where I think I get scary as a concerned um, citizen um, yeah when I came here so I started this podcast and I started talking to people um, you know I also felt that mm-hmm. there is an inhibition about women who want to. 
um, project themselves as who they are. But deep inside, there are um, there are a lot of dichotomies in what they feel right. and what they think. Mm-hmm. And um, I can understand because maybe it's a new thing. Maybe we should give chance to women more to speak about and learn more yeah. about themselves because we don't honestly uh, express about several issues that we go through. For instance, um, divorce is still such a stigma in Pakistan. Oh, sure, and, even in India. Yeah. yeah. And uh, women taking a decision that I took, um, you receive a backlash in several forms. Uh, knowing mm-hmm. that who is right and wrong, people still tell you, okay, I mean, men are men, give them a pass. Every marriage is a shithole, you know, just get along with that. <laughs> and yeah, and I was like, guys, come on. This, mm-hmm. this life is given to me once also, like the way it is given to everybody else. And yeah. um, if self-esteem is something that I have to crush myself to live my life and, you know, f you i don't want that yeah, I exactly never do that Sanya. Yeah. you know again i learned it the hard way uh, one thing is be be first of all you know be yourself yeah um, be true to yourself i think being true to yourself first is the most important most thing. important don't worry about what other people are thinking because that can really you know affect the way you respond and yeah. so be true to yourself and and uh and, and and never apologize too much for what, what you're saying. As long as, you know, obviously it's it's gotta be a fair and just thing, of course, but but don't apologize too much yeah. because we are expected to apologize and always say, Oh, well, this may not be or doubt ourselves. Uh don't doubt yourself also too much. And I actually it started coming into me. I was a very strong person, but I'm telling you like from my personal experience i'm sure you still are society society literally gives you signals in such a subtle way that sometimes we do not know that we are falling into that trap Mm -hmm. and um that's probably even more insidious than blatant sort of uh aggression you know whether it's coming from a man or a woman i mean that kind of subtle thing is even worse yes and mm-hmm. uh, the sad part is that um, women uh, in my field are actually, um, I felt more um, exactly as you're saying, competition, but not only competition, it's more like, you know what, why is she getting all her way? And if you're getting it, if you're earning it, they're not mm-hmm. seeing it that you're earning it, they're stigmatizing you for some advantage that you have. Um, right. You're, you're bold or you get the attention or you are you have got some looks and i'm i'm like excuse me i honestly see myself in the mirror i'm grateful who i am but i don't see myself i should have joined media long ago if i had gone right and think about the challenges we face coming from south asia and then transitioning into a different culture right oh yes and that itself is such a huge deal right and then to make your way in uh, you know, our fields in security, international security, which is a male-dominated field, exactly. uh, that's even harder. I wanted to come exactly on this topic. Yeah. That now when we have transitioned here, I see right. a lot of problems over here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of problems and judgments coming from women here as well. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of judgments coming from men in that. So, Mm-hmm. I could say that, okay, Pakistan or South Asia, we're still societies that are opening up to, you know, the Western concepts of right. freedom of expression and stuff like that. But what about West that these are, these are the things that have been part of their constitution that have been practiced here forever, but yeah. people over here also react in the same way. Mm-hmm. And 
how was your transition here? Like, what did you face? And I would also share my experiences, how I'm going through so that we can, you know, open up some, some chat box here. Uh, <laughs> how, how was your, uh, how smooth was it? Or was, did you face some backlash or? Well, my PhD was, I mean, the PhD in itself is a hard program, right? So that's, that's a different uh, dimension. But in my first two years, I ended up with an advisor who's very notorious in the South Asian field, uh, Sumit Ganguly. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was rather harsh and, and kind of, you know, emotionally and verbally abusive. And, and not just to me, uh, he's wow. done it with others too. And that made my first two years in, in, uh, uh, UT very very hard and you know coming from South Asia and he was he's a Bengali right and I'm a Bengali and 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 you know coming from South Asia we are we are taught to be a little deferential right we're taught yeah. to be uh, very polite and respectful and I was I was being very polite and respectful for a very long time and after that I realized no something is wrong and I need to speak up and then I started speaking up you know yeah uh, and of course he moved to a different university, thank God. And so I, I, I was fortunate and I, I didn't go with him. I just, I, I totally declined, uh, because I didn't want to go through that, but you know, the, the kind of the double standards in academia are so idiotic and, and, and annoying to me is that, oh, you know, wow. I mean, there are so many people who still, you know, work with them and, and do it, but here they, you know, they, they talk about things like, well, uh, I mean, they, they criticize him and all of that. And so, I mean, I mean, a lot of the men in, in, in the fields, yeah definitely have a lot of power right a lot and yeah and and i i mean i was fortunate i got a much better advisor um harrison wagner a thorough gentleman a superb academic uh absolutely brilliant scholar uh and and i was i was very fortunate that way and so i was able to finish my phd but i knew that if i if i worked with somebody like ganguly i probably would never have finished it and that's a terrible terrible thing to feel and there were moments when I thought I would quit and you know I had put in so much my parents had you know put in so much and sacrificed so much for me to come to the United States uh that to quit was never a thought I mean there was no looking back right for us I mean we just can't pack our bags and go back yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of Americans don't realize that for no, like yeah. for, for for many of us coming from South Asia or even other different countries like when we're international students the burden on us is very very high it's huge yeah yeah it's huge and they don't understand the 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 other things i mean this is all in addition to the general normal hurdles that american students face you know in a phd program mm-hmm. uh, and so i gradually had to figure it out and make a way for myself and i did it all by myself i mean and and uh it was very hard because i i really didn't take anybody's help and i think that's where i have a slight satisfaction within me yeah that i never really climbed on anyone's shoulder oh, in a sense of course my advisor was fantastic like I said and he was he was great but but beside him you know I, I didn't I didn't kind of you know like and and one of the things is I'll, I'll be very honest I'm not a very good networker like I don't network very well at conferences and there's a lot of psychophancy you'll see you know uh, in yeah. within academia as well I somebody think... going up to someone being extra polite because they need a citation somewhere or whatever and I, I kind of stayed away from that so I did my own thing. I told myself, well, I'll finish. I'll publish whatever I can, when I can, if I can. And if I do it, I'll do it. Hmm. If it doesn't work, whatever, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll teach, I'll, you know. And, and that's the kind of goal I've kept to myself even now, you know, is that nobody's going to like decide for me 
how I should feel about myself in academia. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, or how I should feel about other men and women in academia, because it's, it's, it is a rat race and, and it, it is very competitive and yeah. everyone is, everyone is trying to get the best out of what they can. Right. Yeah. So it, there are these big double standards in, in, in academia as well. Here. Very much. Uh, and I actually faced similar s- circumstances. So oh, no. my, but, but my PhD is from Pakistan. So okay, I yeah. had to go through male chauvinism. Oh my God. I can't imagine. Power, oh. Yeah. Power wow. women politics. Uh, I wanted to, I got uh, my supervisor where so many other aspirants wanted to be under his aspirations. So I got the victim of woman politics. Yeah, and then they probably um, became jealous and became, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I was not very good. As you said, um, I'm very straightforward person. And mm-hmm. uh, that brought me into a limelight. You know, I have a temperamental problem. Okay. Uh, I'm straightforward <laughs> because I'm not doing politics because I'm not sitting in uh, professor's offices late long and I'm not indulged in any kind of uh, rhetoric that you guys create after the office hours so i'm yeah. aloof from the reality yes but next day right. when i'm coming things are changed and i don't know where i'm standing honestly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, and all these things happen and then i changed my supervisor thankfully uh, my second supervisor was good enough to help me mm-hmm. through the process and when i actually taught pakistan i think five five six years uh, in the Azam university Okay, great. Uh, yeah, and again, as a youngest faculty, you face another kind of uh, environment. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, you're teaching because again, in South Asia, they're very political in the universities. I know because they're yeah. public sector universities. While at the same time, they're prestigious. There, there's there's a lot to learn from their environment. Yeah. But at the same but, but there are too many people competing there, right? So because there yes. are too many there, they want to bring the others down. So it's kind of a frog in the well mentality, right? It's exactly. just Exactly. And well, my husband is American, it's very hard at times to explain him how things work there. <laughs> right, um, right. For him, it's like you're done with the university, it's over. And I say, No, it's not over. You know, I have still some documents which are still it's like you resigned long ago, and I said, "I wish." You're I very right been. about this. My husband is also American, and I think again we share very similar uh, uh, sort of traits and 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 in in terms of our cultural experiences, oh. right? Because that's the cultural divide too, uh, with, yes. with probably your husbands. Like they'll never understand how the South Asian context could, you know, have shaped us. Yeah. Uh, and, and how the American system is very different because they they have only grown up in the American system. Exactly. And, you know, even though they visit, and, and I'm sure your husband visits too, and, and my husband has visited many times as well, but a visit is not as good as living in the country. No, he, 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 wanted, he knew about Pakistan because um, his grandpa actually um, lived in Pakistan. They served in the U.S. Air Force. Okay. So he was in Pakistan. So he has a first-hand knowledge about the realities, but um, that, is, mm-hmm. that is 70s. That's the very different Pakistan. They're right, very good, right. very good memories. And that too, they right. lived, um, you know, as a foreign, you mm-hmm. know, station exactly. time. Um, for him to understand how um, exactly, as you said, cultural nuances are very difficult mm-hmm. to make him understand. And South Asians again, treat foreigners very differently than they treat South Yeah. They actually <laughs> treat South Asians much worse. I exactly. think than the, than the whites, right? We, yeah, we are yeah. very hypocrite in that. We are very <laughs> close. <laughs> we 
very colonial uh, in that aspect. So sometimes when he asks me and I have to explain him, look, things are not that easy. And and he's yes. like, why the university has so much authority on you? And I said, it's it's the mm. way bureaucracy works. It's the red yes. tape, you yes. know? And yes. um, I cannot avoid that. And uh, but, but these are the uh, subtle things. And I learned when I came here um, in, in Stanford and in different fellowships that I've been, mm-hmm. um, but yes, uh, academia is very hypocrite. Um, people are very nice on your face, but yeah. not helpful at all. And, and you know, I stopped being nice. <laughs> I think it's better. I can take. I well, can. Actually, I am no. I have to be honest. I am usually nice, but I, you know, I mean, I, I again, I'm, I, I speak my mind. So I just that's where maybe people will think I'm not being nice, but I just have to. Sometimes yeah. you have to do it, you know. Yes. Yeah, and I'm okay with somebody is is just just tell me, you know. You cannot do it. That's right. Don't yes. play games with me, you know. Don't just don't oh, tell that's me. That's the worst. Yeah, you yeah. got my back when you you don't want to even write a letter recommendation. Just don't tell oh, me. Oh yes, that. yes, yes, yes. I know what so, you mean. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and and that is where um and I've been uh as you said on my own working mm-hmm. my own stuff um. I'm also working on my book when I started podcast because I felt I needed some self-healing. Oh, what is it on? I'm, I'm actually writing on Pakistan's nuclear learning. Oh, wow. And wow, wow. it's, it has, yeah, it's been a while since I started because this book is taking too, taking too much out of me. And then <laughs> you have articles going on and I thought, you know, yeah. I, I can take a slow pace because again, right. do it at your own pace. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, again, don't, you know, get caught up in the whole, like, race of, because that, again, can be really mentally uh, exhaust, exhausting, like, like it's, just so, it's so hard to do it, because the expectations are this and that, and so do what you can, yeah, do what you can, and do it well. I agree with you, it has drained me in the last mm-hmm. year, um, I was um, striving hard for my fellow ap- applications and all that, and it was, right. it was a bad time during COVID as well, but it right. has been really stressful. Um, and I just decided it's fine. I mean, I'm doing my stuff and it's better to finish a book than to come out with a lousy kind of a manuscript. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, I, I, I realized that, you know, it's, uh, these, these hardships are not different anywhere. Um, right. It's just the same. People are the same. It's just that mm-hmm. it's a different environment. And mm-hmm. the more you try to, um, a person like, as you're saying, it, it feels to me as if I'm having a virtual image of you um, just myself, um, who is who wants to be on her own and, and <laughs> confident about their abilities, but still get the backlash uh, yes. from society or people uh, because we are not the ones who can suck up to others. Um, right. And I, I, I'm also not a person who could meet you and the next day write a one-page email about so much stuff about you because I'm a very straightforward person. I'll face-to-face talk to you and I'll say you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your time and everything. It was wonderful meeting you, but I'm not a person who will, you know. Yes. That yes. stuff. I mean, people need to just say it, say what they want to say. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And uh, maybe these are the parts of, um, you know, the cultural subtleties of um, hanging around with people. And uh, maybe it's not my cup of tea. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I guess that it's just as a woman. Um, yes. I have been uh, very much. I'm evolving, I'm learning, but this is hard. I think the environment yeah. is very hard. 
Um, I can share you my experience with a podcast that I one day posted because I share uh, quotes and everything. And mm-hmm. on the woman platform that I would not name, um, mm-hmm. the, the Facebook page, uh, they, they started women. All women started a battle on a picture. And for them, it oh, is gosh. why I posted a picture, which was uh, basically an animated picture saying, if you go down, you dig down to the bottom and you sit there and mourn that there was nothing at the end of the bottom, but there is another person who's digging down and found there's nothing and started digging in the opposite direction. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I did not actually add a caption and I said it's a you know positive way of thinking that life um, may not be may not offer you the way you have taken, but you don't stop sure. there, you just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And I received comments over there. It's like, why it is relevant? Everybody does not get a level field and all that kind of stuff. And, I was like, and it was this from again South Asia. I mean, like Pakistani. No, no, no. I'm talking about white girls. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, wow. It's that's why that triggered me the feminism. And were uh, they academics as well, or were they just? No, no. Oh. They were open. It's an open platform. Oh, okay, and was, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, podcasters and all that stuff, and I was like, "What is wrong with?" It? And I just jumped in and I said, "Hold on, this is yeah. something that I'm talking about. We yeah. we need to be positive, and if we don't, I think, I think that's why the ability again, like I said, you know, the ability of women to listen to other women is also sometimes pretty low, very you know? low. Yeah, and you cannot imagine that how many women supported her um, comment over mine comment." I was, my comment received, I think, four or five likes and her comment received 20 likes. (laughs) And I was appalled by this ignorance that you are starting an argument over a reality that life literally does not give you the road that you take. And even over something so small, like, why would anyone even argue over that? Like, it's just so silly. It was, and and I literally talked to my husband and he said, welcome to America. And he said, people have opinions (laughs) on everything. And I was like, I don't understand what was wrong with that because it really bothered me for a minute. Not that it was something offensive. It was like, what was bothersome to me that why this picture is so bothersome to so many women? They yeah. don't want to work. They don't want to achieve anything. What mm-hmm. is wrong with people? And I know that I have been through a lot. And honestly, there's so many women who have been through a lot. I don't see myself as somebody who is, God forbid, sure. some victim or something. Sure. And I don't take that narrative of like, um, you know, I'm done and blah 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 life has to go on life moves on and i was i was amazed and then that struck me Mm -hmm. that um i think feminism and and why women are when we are talking about gender equality when we are talking about Mm -hmm. we need to be up up front in every platform Uh, Mm -hmm. i remember there was a debate even in the fellows at stanford you know that this entire debate is all about white males and white supremacists uh how many female professors are sitting on the table I appreciate those arguments. Yes, we need to be on the table to have an impact and influence and voice. But if you want to raise this voice, honestly, guys, that you are not making a way for other women. You're literally digging a hole for yourself and others to fall into it. Right. And that also makes space for the men to continue abusing women too. Exactly. It's it's kind of a vicious circle. Yeah. 
exactly and then you find a lot of misogynists who would say you know what that's why women are uh, they're emotional they're yes, blah, blah, blah. Right. they don't deserve these positions because they don't think from their brain their hormones yeah. are overkicking them and and we get into all that bit we have heard so i was i was totally thrown over by some podcasters uh, listeners they were not even podcasters they were some listeners on different platforms and i was like okay i'm done i'm not even talking on this platform you know <laughs> because you guys are not even taking it in a positive direction that it has mm-hmm. to go and um and, and that is what i appreciate i said i want to be on the platforms i want to talk about and talk to other women um who are encouraging and who have achieved something in their life so that we know when woman is ambitious she is a very constructive um yeah, she's doing her work basically she's yeah. fighting for herself and doing her work and making her space in the world she is not a she's not she's an emblem of strength yeah and she's not you know some like devil incarnate like i mean it's almost like she's a witch if somebody said you know she was ambitious like yeah, yeah. because that is the stigma that we receive back home right. and i was right. appalled that this is the problem uh with some of the western women who are sitting home and listening podcast because they don't some, even in academia in the west they have this too a little bit i won't say as bad as south asia but there is a bit of that too that that, that there's that you know hypocrisy as well yeah um, yeah yeah and um and and that's what i i think it's it's important that women like you um who are already in in this discipline and doing great they need to your twitter is is amazing because it keeps us oh, going oh thank you and, i sometimes uh, feel like i'm 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 so like you know i don't hold back i'm just like oh my god but <laughs> like i said you know you know after a point you just cannot hold back in life you reached a point where holding back is no more an option because you know that you know it's not going to help you at all in life so time consuming to and emotionally draining that's why that's i right. stopped yeah, yeah. that's and, you know I, i mean i also believe in being kind of myself you know like yeah. I mean, just i'm i'm what i am there i'm what i am outside of it i'm the same person so my twitter persona again you know is not a different persona than uh, you know sort of like uh what what you know what i am away from it and and that again is is i mean i'm i'm at ease with it more because that's me you know yeah i, I don't have different uh sort of uh, approaches to it because you don't really even know some people right you might have them as friends or whatever and you and and, and their approach their their I... public approach is very different from their personal approach and that's fine i respect that you know maybe they want to use it for a different reason and they want to just make it academic and all all of that is okay but then it's hard to even get to know them or what yeah. they think and and uh you know um you really you really don't know them so it, it is so my experience with twitter was very as i told you i'm not very um comfortable with some social media platforms they are very difficult to operate and twitter and also for women in, in our line again remember that you will face ostracization on this platform it's a terrible platform for women a terrible platform for women in security and and who work on very contentious topics right because half a dozen people will always come and pull you down because they don't believe in your expertise because you're a woman there are twitter trollers and they yeah, and, and i am not having any of that anymore i'm done with that bullshit you know yeah they will sit down and honestly there are teams of those people that i found out in sitting in pakistan who knock you down on your twitter account yeah and, don't uh, get knocked down don't get knocked down that's what i yeah. mean don't get knocked down 
and for that reason i actually was like I, the, this platform is too hard for me to understand and it I, is hard and it, it is hard and you know some days i feel very upset yeah i feel upset but then but, but then i keep at it of course now i'm taking a bit of a break in the summer uh, to just sort of you know give myself some time and personal space but uh even when i get back i know i mean it's going to be the same thing because somebody yeah. or the other will always pull you down and will never believe that your expertise is fundamentally you know at a level you've got 25 plus years of of work yeah um, because you're a woman you know it doesn't matter they listen to a man more you know and what what um what upsets me honestly is that most of the people when they're talking uh is not making sense if they're making sense even if it is not my point yeah, of and it's not a logical I, argument is yes yeah i would embrace that i don't agree you don't That's agree right. but you're making a point so i agree with that i let's right. agree to disagree but yeah. what i feel is that most of the people are just taking it very personal on the twitter and that is where yeah. i want to distance myself um mm-hmm. from from that crowd and yeah. um one of the reasons honestly happened in uh, one uh Pakistani person who is also in the same field as we are was mm-hmm. writing on something and somebody wrote on her that you know um you need to you cannot pick and choose some words out of my book and write it like that because this is not the entire theme of the book and you are you know picking and choosing the context with your choice and I have a disagreement because I'm the author mm-hmm. of the book and okay. i actually um was not following the lady i was following that person on the twitter okay. and i wrote, i said yeah i have a problem with reviewers i think pakistani studio academics need to learn how to write a review um <laughs> people do not know how to write a review they start their own effing debate on the review yeah. which was not and your it's argument not like opinion again right it's not based in fact exactly i'm t- talk about somebody's argument and then you academically contest it that's a review you um, know it's funny i get brickbats from indians like the hypernationalist indians on the right i get brickbats from pakistanis as well again hypernationalist in pakistan yeah because of the work i do on conflict yeah. and, and sometimes which it involves kashmir so some days i'm i'm an agent of pakistan the other days i'm an agent of <laughs> india and some other days i'm also a separatist and i'm like wow what what a multifaceted personality have i developed yeah and i i i uh, literally praise you for your strength because i cannot take it and that woman all of a sudden she chimed in and and all her you know comrades oh, no. yeah they chimed in and they started using yo this is not the language you use. come you got to have guts talk to me and i don't know what was oh, going on God. i was like what happened all of a sudden and right. um, i i wrote uh, one of the ladies back and i said look opinions are like assholes everyone has got one <laughs> and we think that yes i said you have your opinion i'm talking about review i'm not talking about personal opinions here so review yeah. has to be academically empirically uh, contested it should Correct. not be talking about your personal insights right now Absolutely. and then, that was the it that i stopped following and i was like you people are just crazy like you just yeah. want actually yeah you can't have a rational debate with many people you just cannot yeah it's impossible <laughs> and and my patience literally runs out and i told my husband i said this is hilarious like i'm talking to somebody on the review thing and you know the whole <laughs> activism over there they started yes. talking to me 
That's um, all performative. Oh, don't fall for it. It's all performative nonsense. They they don't yeah. even they're not even going to implement it in in their lives. I think you know. I'm sure they hate each other in real life, but the point is, since it was versus me, and I'm yeah. sitting somebody who was distant from them, so I was the bad person in their eyes. Right. You know? right. Uh, what she's thinking of her? She 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 got a postdoc from Stanford. She's gonna tell us how to write a review. I'm sure they took it in that. Oh, sense. I get this too. I get this too. Yeah, and that was and that's, that's the, the judgmental South Asian, you know? Exactly. Like, and I was yeah. like, that is not where I'm coming from, guys. I'm trying right. to be very empirically. They don't have any respect. See, this is the this is the hard challenge we have to fight. They have zero respect for like oh, I, I, I'm saying in South Asia, the men really have zero respect for women. It's it's so aggravating. There are there are some very good men. I have to say, of course, there are great men, but on a, on yeah. a majority yeah. level, majority wow. there are. Yeah. They are um, very, yeah, their language. And, I mean, my ex-husband had a very nasty language for women. Um, thank God he never expressed it to me. I, he knew that I would, you know, give him a shut up call. But my my understanding was so hilarious that the woman that he looked down upon and used to say so many things like in the department about them that they're, um they need to they're single they're single his motto was single women are menace for society yeah because and, single woman is fast she probably yeah. sleeps around is so promiscuous right i mean that, get, that's the they thing need, they need to get married they have their frustrations that's why oh, they come gosh. in the department they yell blah 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 and all those women like after my divorce but it was hilarious that they are still talking to him and they stopped talking to me well, good for you. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, you guys have no self-respect. I, I couldn't say good them. But you, I was, good for you. Good riddance like, to them. Yeah, and I was, this is so... Life is too short to waste on, you know, such stuff, so... And, uh, yeah, and but that kept me going, honestly. I felt like, yeah, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to rise above that because I really don't want to live in that um, shithole and I want to, I want to really help other girls and Make it an environment where women should feel safe to talk about their personal issues and their mm-hmm. personal struggles and professional struggles. And that's why I have a lot of respect for people like you, Christine Fair, who have mm-hmm. their journeys, um, who are hardworking women, made their mm-hmm. way to their personal and professional struggles. Yet people judge them, uh, society judges them, sure. and academia judges uh, them. And, and I was like, I'm mm-hmm. done with that. You know, I want to mm-hmm. come out, I want to talk to them. And um, that's why uh, my uh, program today was like, have you over here and, and learn from you. And honestly, it, it's it, very kind of you. <laughs> I don't you know, know it's such but... a wonderful um, talk and I took your enough time, but it, it, I feel like I can talk to you forever. Yes, um, of course. And we can always take this conversation offline and, and feel free to contact me, you know, and then we can definitely I chat. Will. I'll be happy to chat. I with you. will. And um, I will definitely be in touch with you. And um, if I would be anywhere around Pennsylvania, I will definitely um, give yes, you a Yes, please. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you all so right, much. All right, Sanya. All good wishes to you. Okay. And Absolutely. be yourself. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Friends, this was Aisha Ray, and it was wonderful talking to her. Um, Her information, her Twitter account, and her um, Facebook information would be in my uh, show notes that I will share in my podcast. Keep watching and keep listening to Women with Ambition so that we can introduce you to more powerful women, uh, more enthusiastic and uh, scholarly women. 
so that we learn from their journeys and struggles. Till then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.